Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed, so I call your name, your name. And welcome to The Gathering on Signs of Life Radio. I'm Bob Ginsberg, and I'm joined with Tom and Melissa Gould. Uh, welcome to everyone. As you know, this is our show where we address your questions. Um, before we get started, I mean, a few people had sent emails that we used to do uh, shows that were dedicated dedicated to sharing personal experiences uh, that people have. And by personal experiences, I'm talking about otherworldly experiences like signs and communication and so forth. So even though we're going to be discussing things and and, and answering some questions, uh, please, if you've had a what you would consider to be a, a an after-death communication, give us a call. And the number here is 888-627-6008. Um, I don't have many announcements other than the fact that there's about two weeks left uh, to enter the raffle where you could win a reading with one of five certified mediums. It's five hours a chance. The information is on our website, and uh, it might be a good way to get a medium reading and avoid those long <laughs> waits that some some mediums have. So uh, um, I urge you to check that out. Um, I mentioned to... Uh, to Tom and Melissa that I started watching this um, Our Universe documentary on on Netflix, and it's 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 a departure from what we one of the things that we learn about and what we um, investigate. Basically, the universe uh, documentary is is material based, and it's quite compelling. And it shows going back. 13.8 billion years how uh, earth was formed and a lot of things i learned and they do a good job showing this the, the linear timeline going back that year and how we're all connected because we're part of that original explosion of energy um and the photons that shot out you know in our direction um and, and it's quite inspiring but it dawned on me that you know the spiritual explanation is similar, you know, in that uh, spiritualists will say that we're all have this divine spark in us. Uh, so I think that really talking about the same thing. But the question is, the difference is, is the issue of time. So it's clear when you watch the, the series that everything is, is, is finite, including the planets and the stars and the sun and us, you know, as humans and time moves on and things decay. And sometimes it seems like time is moving fast or slow, but everything's going to go away at some point. That's quite different than what we talk about, you know, because we're talking about consciousness. Um, and consciousness doesn't have a timeline, um, you know, so that our energy just, just transforms. 
So, um, when you when you watch the you know the the film, were, were you thinking along the same lines that they they're not mentioning something here, Tom? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, and then I came to the conclusion. Well, at the the end of the uh, episode that we watched, uh, the last line was, uh, "Without time, there is no life," and uh, and I was I thought about that quite a bit, and then I realized, well, there's no physical life you know and and the whole the whole explanation of black holes eating the universe on top of itself and everything being wiped out by that and then having to start over again uh and the big bang and all of that which uh uh reminds me of a question we used to get quite a bit uh, at the brief retreats of you know when did this all start and uh and then I, I kind of realized that, yeah, they're just talking about the physical world, that we uh, as spiritual energetic beings are a constant. But, and once we pass over, time is irrelevant. Uh, there is no time in the spiritual world. And I'm realizing that, yeah, the... The Big Bang, the universe, uh, and the end of the universe, that's all physical. That we as eternal beings, our our energy was here before the Big Bang, and it will be here after the black holes eat everything. Uh, And uh, it makes me feel like the, uh, the universe itself, the physical universe, is a construct of the energetic spiritual world that they uh, they created it to have uh, so we'd have something to do <laughs> with it. right yeah I, I, and there's a lot more to talk about with this Let, let's um before we forget let's take a call um because we have a caller on the line we have john from from washington so uh, hello john hi bob how you doing Okay, and you? Pretty good. Uh, I have a question that my sister had posed. Uh, uh, she's she's sleeping now. She she goes to bed early, so she uh, she couldn't call it in herself. She may listen to the uh, the archive later on. Yeah. You know, back in uh, in February, she lost her her daughter. Who was twenty eight years old. It was unexpected. They were very close, and you know, we we're all devastated by it. She's been hoping to make a connection with her, but, I mean, that hasn't happened yet. And I, I think she feels that it will happen at some point, but it hasn't happened yet. But uh, um, You know, she recently listened to one of the archived uh, personal experiences broadcasts that you have on your yeah. website. Yeah. And she, she, she heard one of the callers had described how she had made contact with her partner, who had apparently passed away. Uh, you know, they had lived together in a house, and after the partner died, the the woman moved away from the house, but she kept it, and she rented it out to some tenants. And sometime later, the tenants contacted her and told her that, you know, from time to time, there was this elderly gentleman who would appear in the house, and they didn't quite know what to make of it, but they wondered whether she had any clues what was, you know, going on. And it, it seems that the elderly gentleman that they talked about was actually her partner 
who had died and had returned to the house looking for her, but then apparently was disappointed not to find her there. So my sister was curious whether this kind of attachment of a spirit to, you know, like a particular place, uh, you know, is something that happens uh, or, or can happen or whether it's common. Uh, you know, the reason she's concerned is that, uh, you know, they had lived together in this one house for well, about 25 years. Most of the, her daughter's life had been spent there. And, um, you know, um, after the daughter died, my sister moved to a new place, and they sold the old place, so they don't, they don't even have that anymore. So, but uh, the daughter had been very attached to the house, and, you know, she had actually said at some point she never wanted to leave it. Uh, so this made my sister sort of concerned. Uh, first of all, it it's kind of raises the question, you know, I, I was sort of thinking that when you pass over to the other side, uh, you know, you're, you're sort of going beyond time and space. You're, you're no longer, but on the other hand, uh, you know, if, if you do return to this world, I mean, you might be disoriented. You might not know where to find your loved one, even though you wanted to. I mean, I, I can imagine myself dying and not not really knowing where I am and not really knowing what, you know, maybe wandering and not, not knowing even where, not having any bearings anymore, you know, all yeah. the things that well, I let's, had. Well, let's oh. address some, some of these things, um, you know, and I'm sure Tom and Melissa have some thoughts on this as well. But, um, I mean, there, there is um, such a thing as, residual energy which are they're not um conscious entities it's just the you know energy that gets stored in a particular location and it's not um it's not a visitation and it's not um interactive um but you're just dealing with with um energy that's left over there on the other hand um apparitions or ghosts or whatever you want to term it um, are conscious entities, and, and usually they, you know, will, will visit you. And, you know, sometimes, not often, but rarely, they can manifest in, with a body, like in physical form. Um, so um, and your other point was, uh, or question was, whether or not um, they might be have an attachment to the physical world and, and I don't, you know, I, I think that it's true in a lot of cases, especially if you were led a very materialistic life and, and um, you're not quite, you don't quite um, haven't, you know, settled in in your new environment and, and you want to, you know, go back and visit. So uh, you could, but I don't think that, you know, in this case, he would be looking for her. I kind of think that he would know where she was, you know, and I don't think he's just roaming, you know, around this house. I mean, maybe he wanted a visit. Look, I have a similar story. Um, I won't get into it now, but, you know, after my daughter passed, she um, visited um, our old home because uh, she, while she was alive, that's something that she desperately wanted to do. She felt very attached to her old room and she wanted to visit it one last time. And lo and behold, like, right within within 30 minutes after she passed the, the girl that was living in our old home who was a, a, a teenager 
um, saw a vision of a young girl walk across the room. So that made sense to me because that would be the first place that my daughter would go. And she didn't go because she was attached to the physical world, so to speak. She just wanted it. She realized that she could do it. It's something she always wanted to do. Um, and, she, and, and she made it happen. So, um, so, so, so I do think that people have some, some attachments and, and as you suggested, you know, um, just think about it. I mean, you're, you, especially if you don't believe in an afterlife and you, you physically die and you find yourself still alive. I mean, wow, that must be really confusing, you know? So, um, some people, um, take more time to adjust. I think that there's help on the other side. There's always people, um, upon whom you can rely. So, um, I don't know, Tom and Melissa, what what are your feelings on on, on what's going on here? Can I say something for you? Yes, I, please. John, hi, I'm glad you phoned in. And and I hope that this this incident hasn't troubled your sister to think that, you know, perhaps she shouldn't have parted with her home. Um, and I agree with Bob that I don't think there would ever be any disappointment. I think that was somebody's interpretation, perhaps of what they were they were seeing with this figure visiting the home but the, you know as bob said i think the visit and i bob i definitely recalled the story with your daughter that was the first thing that popped into my mind too right that you know just revisiting this place that had so much meaning for them but not looking for the loved ones right. that they hoped to find there and what would you add? Yeah, I, I mean, there are plenty of examples. Uh, our our uh, Forever Family Foundation president, Lloyd Auerbach, is uh, quite an expert on uh, hauntings and that sort of thing. And, and yeah, there are plenty of stories of, uh, you know, uh, people in a house seeing an old woman in a rocking chair that just rocks back and forth, rocks back and forth. Or maybe in this case, he's, he's wandering a hallway and he... He, that's all he does is wander a hallway. And as Bob mentioned earlier, these are uh, uh, energetic uh, impressions that have been left on the world, especially if they were living there for 25 years. His energy uh, would still have a, an imprint. And uh, the difference being is when people see these apparitions that they uh, <clears throat> cannot interact with them. They call out to them or that, and then they're never never responded to and that would would tell you that it was an, uh, an energy imprint now as in uh, Bob's case with with his daughter yeah she uh, she knew she was there if had the other little girl talked to her maybe she could have uh, <clears throat> communicated in some way so that it's nebulous. This is a difficult question. I certainly don't have any definitive answers from the evidence that I have seen or read about. Um, I'm a little concerned, um, and I'm not just for you, but for a lot of people who say, you know, I I would love to get a, a sign from my loved ones, and and right time goes by and they ha- haven't got anything, whereas they'll sit in a group. Right like our group and then they see the person next to them oh yes i saw this or i heard from this or that uh, my only i mean there are things you can do that you can meditate 
you can send out intentions, you can actually talk to your loved ones and ask them. so that could encourage some sort of communication to let you know, let them know that you're open to it. You know, a lot of times, uh, I think the problem is they know that they're otherworldly and they know that a lot of people would be freaked out by an apparition all of a sudden standing in front of them. So there, it's a fine line between wanting to communicate and soothe your loved one and scaring the the bejesus out of them. You, know, you don't want to do that either. So that my is sister would not be scared. I mean, she 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 longs for this. I mean, she's really more afraid that uh, you know that that her daughter might not know where to find her and might return to their old house, thinking that that's where she is, and then not finding her there, and then sort of being at a loss where to find. That's what she's more concerned about. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that it should be a worry. Uh, the, her daughter will know how to will be able to find her with on her own or with help. Uh, the oh, well, you're not concerned. You don't think you don't think she would be lost and not not able to to, to find her because they were so close. Yes, I, I don't think that's at all true. I think and I think if your uh, your sister talks to her, that what she says right. will be heard. Uh, the uh, the problem we're faced with here is she hasn't learned how to direct her energy in a way that will communicate with your sister, and uh, and that's something she has to learn on the other side how to do. Uh, one thing I will say is um, don't set your expectations too high. Uh, Start looking at little little coincidences. The uh, the coin that you find on the ground, the feather that is in an odd place, the bird that comes and sits on your windowsill. These are little things that could um, indicate that there's communication going on. What we recommend is that you keep a little what we call a sign journal. That you turn on the radio when you get in the car. You're thinking about your loved one. You turn on the radio and their favorite song comes on. Okay, coincidence? Uh-huh. Maybe, but you write it down in your journal. Okay, well, this happened. It was kind of strange. Uh, you know, or you find the feather that's sticking up in the in the grass or, or, or the bird, and you write these down. And after a time, you look back at your journal and you start to see the pattern and saying, oh, wow, I've actually had quite a bit of communication. Yeah. Um, Right. We have to we have to move on. We have a bunch of calls, but John, thank you um, for calling, and um, maybe you can uh, get your uh, it's your sister. Yeah, please um, yeah. reassure yeah. her, John. Yeah. Please reassure her that your that your her daughter will find her wherever she is. Yeah, that'll well, happen. She's with her now. Actually, yeah. it's just a matter of very much able to get across That's a the veil. Better point, Tom. Thanks, John. Have a good evening. Thanks. Okay. Um, let's let's go to um, Tamara from California. She had a story to share with us. Hi there, Hi, Tamara. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Your organization. Fine, thank you. Um, I was very moved when I found your organization about six months ago. I'm so happy about your getting this email that you're you have a live talk show. Anyway, I had an I didn't know this at the time. 
but I had an after-death contact that was so beautiful. Um, my son, my beautiful son, I think I'm going to get emotional, <laughs> passed on 2020. Um, suddenly he passed, and he was buried July 26, 2020. Um, on August 8th, he was buried um, like three days before August 8th. Um, I would go to the cemetery where he was buried. I know some, some of the, your callers have wondered about when their loved ones can communicate with them. I found, I, I just got lucky that day, I guess, because he was buried and I went around one o'clock with my dog. Um, we were all in deep mourning and I told my family, I'm going to the cemetery. I want to go talk to my son. His name was Kent. And I took my blanket, my dog, my iced tea. I laid it down next to the grave site. It did not have a headstone on it yet. We had just put flowers because it was so new. You know, he just was buried three days before. So I started talking to him and just saying how much I missed him and all of that. And suddenly I had a, ta I had a tactile uh, communication from him. At the time, I didn't know. So I'm just giving you a backstory. Um, I was lying down. I had sandals on. My feet were pointing to the sky. It felt like two hands pushed my feet down. It startled me. I looked. I'm like, nobody was there. Nobody was there at the time around me. I was just me and my dog, me lying down on the blanket. I looked at my feet. Nobody was there. And suddenly I felt this, this um, like cloth. It started it was so beautiful. It started to wrap around my toes and my feet. It, it was wrapping me like a gauze. You know how a cloth wraps when we get an injury? It was wrapping my feet as it was wrapping me. This most beautiful sense of peace. It's just wrapping me, my legs, my, slowly my body. This peace just filled my soul. It was the most intense level of peace I have ever felt in my life. It was magnified wow. in such a great detail. And I knew my son, it was like telepathic. I knew he was communicating with me. I, I just said, Kent, are you telling me that you are at peace? And then suddenly that peace turned into this most intense, most beautiful sense of love. It was so intense. It was so beautiful. It was so deep, so magnificent. I, and of course, you know, all I, mean, I did was that's, cry. That, that, that's certainly a, um, a life-changing experience for you. And, and thank you for yes, sharing that. I mean, Kent um, found a way in, in response to your plea <laughs> at the exact yes. moment to wrap to wrap you in love, you know. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. No, and he must have known. Like it really. After that, I became a believer. It completely changed my life. He had become a Buddhist. So, it, to me now, I know religion knows no bounds. It doesn't really care who you are. I mean, God, God, whatever the cosmos, you know, the divine. Yeah. But it did really change my life, and I am. I say every day how grateful I am to him for that message. 
And then I started researching this, and I, there's a woman in Switzerland, by the way, that's interviewed thousands of people, and they say 60%. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's in Switzerland. Uh, of those that she interviewed have had either, you know, some kind of after-death contact. You've probably heard of either visual or tactile or in dreams. And I think yep. you all were talking so right. I guess I had the tactile one, and, and I am forever grateful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, and I hope you get um, you get more, <laughs> although you yes, don't really yes, need I, more. <laughs> no, that, you can't top that, and I am so no. grateful. And But right. I follow your site because he's also giving me other signs. He doesn't do it anymore like he frequently did those first two years. So now I think – I also think one last thing, and I'll get off the air – I really think that those who pass are on another, you know, dimension and they are so filled with divine love that I don't think they miss us as much as we miss them. Also, they know that this is just a blip and they're going to see you again, you know, but, but you're right that the, the, um, your love, you know, is the conduit by which they can make contact. So, um, yes. I think it dominates the world that Kent is in, you know, so. But yeah, thank you, Tamara. So thank, thanks thank so much for so sharing. Much for thank you. That was thank beautiful. Thank you so much. God. Thank, thank you. Thank you. That was a great story. And, and it, it helps bolster the, the previous caller right. that sometimes a sign is not, not something you see or hear. It could be just a feeling as she had, that she was overwhelmed with this feeling. And, and really that's, energy that's where the energy is coming yeah that feeling and that knowing that there was no no doubt um let's go to another call Uh, michelle from boston had a question hi Hi, everybody thanks for taking my call welcome yes i had a question um so my brother died in 2020 i've had just two visitations from him since then uh, but my question is, I've had a couple of um, medium readings from very good um, certified mediums. And, you know, my brother was an amazing person. He was sort of like a walking Buddha in his own way. Um, and so one medium told me that what she saw was that my brother went from being a healthy, you know, person who lived life fully, very robust, to um, getting killed in a car accident and being instantaneously dead. Um, There was not even time to, like, work on him or anything. Um, So he obviously transitioned very quickly from a big, bold life to being on the other side. And one medium told me that she saw my brother immediately shoot up to, like, this very high plane that she had never seen before and wasn't really permitted to see beyond a certain point because it was just so high. Another medium at another point told me that because this happened so suddenly that my brother has taken time to adjust to being on the other side and is about 75% there at this point, but still adjusting. And then another medium told me that um, he was 
angry that the, you know, about the inattention of the driver who hit him, who didn't see him, and that, you know, that was just like such a whatever that was unfair, and there was no real justice or consequences for the person that killed him. But my understanding is once we're on the other side, we don't have, you know, like those kinds of emotions that were, those are more like on this side. So I'm just curious because all of these mediums are, you know, highly respected mediums who were on target with a lot of things. And uh, I'm just wondering what your opinion is on you know, what happens on the other side as far as some sort of adjustment or, you know, any emotions that the energy still holds on to or whatever? Yeah. Um, certain things, like certain statements, like the first two that you mentioned, you know, that, you know, he kind of shot up to the sky and or, or that, um, you know, he was like 75% adjusted. They're... It, it's nothing that we can verify, right? It, it, you know, so um, it very well may be true, but we have no way of knowing. Um, you know, when we're evaluating evidence that a medium gives, it's not such statements we can't score because there's no way of telling. Um, but I, I think, you know, we were talking about this, you know, earlier about that there were, I think it's logical to assume that there is a period of adjustment, Um and um, and I also think that you're correct in that the same emotions of, of anger and guilt and hatred and, and jealousy and greed and so forth um, kind of gets weaned out of you pretty quickly because you realize you're, you're just this entity of thought um, and, 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 and emotion um, and love and you don't have anything to be jealous of or greedy over or so forth. So it's different. So um, now you said that the medium said that they were angry. I mean, I don't, I don't, that may be a poor choice of words. There are cases where they try to point you in the right direction, maybe to solve a crime that occurred, you know, or um, um, I mean, Tom and Melissa, you've heard cases like that, right? Yeah. Absolutely, and and I I agree with everything you said so far, uh, Bob. That you know that, in fact, Michelle, I would almost feel like the the mediums that sensed he had gone to a higher. Well, in my mind, as you said it, I, I equated it to things that Thomas heard about his dad, who was such a wonderful, kind, giving person, and your brother sounds similar to me, and that. So. Oh, I'm sorry. The son, yes, I was thinking dead. Um, but it sounded like it, she could have almost, or he or she could have almost sensed that with your son's goodness and, and you know, pr- probably pure thoughts, that is where he elevated to. And that would be kind of the opposite of the feelings it, that other medium expressed about your son that he I'm sorry I keep saying it wrong it's your brother isn't it son right Michelle? right and that's why I was confused because going to this very high plane 
it's very different than thinking of him, uh, you know, what sort of maybe on a lower energy still wrapped up with what happened or something like that, you know. Right, right. But as Bob said, you know, it's it's very hard to to verify those kinds of things, especially when when we are looking for you know mediums to be tested, and and those kinds of things can't necessarily be proven. They're not valid, um, right? And also, I'd like to uh, put in that you know, there's talk of uh, there being a contract of sorts, a soul contract when you come to this this plane to earth of when you're going to go. And yeah, it was a car accident. It was an accident out of nowhere, you know, perfectly healthy. And then boom, he's gone. And if you think he's angry about that or the other person, when he gets to the other side, he realizes, oh, that's it's my time. That's when I was supposed to go. So it was going to happen regardless of who the other driver was or, or you know, the situation. Mm-hmm. It was just his time, and that's how he, how he, he passed, uh, you know, quickly, which was nice in, in that. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me because, uh, yeah, they all did say that, uh, if it wasn't that, it was going to be something else, that that was his time. So yeah. he probably yeah. would understand that on the other side, I bet. Yeah, well, we're so sorry for your loss, Michelle. And um, Well, thank you. Thank and, you for and, your and, thoughts. And, and, and thank you for calling in. Be well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's, um, let's go to Lisa from Florida, because Lisa had a question. Hello, Lisa. Hi. 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 Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking my call and this conversation. Uh, I am confused because I get messages from my dad, my grandma, and my my mom's mom, and um, a friend of mine will be 10 years coming up that she crossed. And, um, you know, when I see 11-11, I think of my dad because he was a vet and he was in the Elks and 11-11, they stop and they honor all the, all the people who've served in wars. And I thought it was my dad. And then, and then I saw one eleven, and then I realized, I don't know, something just came over me that my grandmother's birthday, she's February 1st, 1911, which, wow. you know, two one eleven. So there's one eleven. So how do we discern, discern between like who it is who's, who who we're we're listening to and getting messages from, or you know, because when you know there are other people that when I talk to somebody, if their loved one comes through, it's loud and clear, and I share the experience, you know, and what the message is. Like my friend came in the other day, and I said, "Oh my gosh, you smell like fresh air in Florida. It's been eighty six. There's no fresh air. <laughs> there is humidity and heat. There is nothing fresh." And it was like she came in from the northeast, coming in from a hike in the forest. And she said to me, oh, that's my mother. So, like, I can get that and can pick up. And, you know, she says, oh, nobody else has ever smelled it. So I know that I get messages. I know that I get connections. But I'm having trouble with my with my own. Could you give any direction to those who also might be having a challenge with this? Is it an issue of discerning who? 
is coming through in what way? Is that your quandary? Well, I'm I'm like, I thought, you know, I'm not sure if it's my grandmother or my father. And, and I, you know, when I see the 1111, I thought it was my dad and it just came over that maybe oh. it's my grandma. I never thought of 111, you know, the one. Um, and, and like, is 1111 my dad and 111 is my grandma? How do we, you know, like, usually it's kind of clear with other people, but with me, sometimes I'm getting muddled and I was wondering how I could best determine that and discern yeah. that. Well, you know, regarding the... Um, 1111, which was also my mother's birthday, 1111. I'm going to turn it over to Tom because he has a, a special affinity with that. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I started seeing 1111 in round about 1992. Just out of nowhere, I kept noticing 1111 and things happened to me. Uh, I even had an accident where I, I fell across a, a wrought iron fence and and I had 11-11 scarred into my body for a while. And one of the wow. reasons why I joined the Forever Family Foundation was uh, to try to figure out what what does this all mean, this 11-11. And I've read books on it and I've heard theories about it. Uh, most of the theories uh, I, ha- I read were very positive that it was you know, in the Bible, you have the 666 of the apocalypse, which is the hellfire and damnation, the end of the world. And uh, But there's an, a Native American belief that 1111 uh, signifies that the ancestors are returning to the earth to show us the way. And it's, a, it's kind of a path to a, a utopian situation, which uh, I, I hope is true. I, in, it's now been about uh, 20 years that I've been dealing with seeing 1111s and I, I'm still no further along than knowing that. But in answer to your question, I, I think where you might need to go one step further to get a, a medium to communicate and, and tell you whose sign it was, you know, who, who's sending me the 1111? And if a, a good medium can tell you that, or if they bring your, your father through and he can tell you directly, yeah, that's me, that, I, I've been doing that. I, a lot of readings that I've seen with mediums, the, uh, the spirit will say, hey, did you notice your, your chimes ringing on the porch when there was no wind? That's me. So they, they're proud of it when they can get you to notice something. They're proud of it, and if you're with a medium and they come through, they'll let you know that that's the sign they're sending you. But if they're all linked to the eleven eleven, Lisa, would you say when it have you sensed any connection with the eleven eleven with when it's a friend that might be communicating with you? I'm not sure. It could. That's why I said her as well because maybe it is her. I'm and and uh, you know. She comes around on Thanksgiving because that was a, an important time, and when she got really sick, um, and we, you know, there was that's an important time around her. So yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if if it could be her, you know. And usually I can get clear on stuff, and I'm always thanking my dad, and my grandma when something happens, you know. Um, well, and, keep doing and her, that. you know. And, and, <laughs> yeah, give them credit. You, you know what? Always give thanks, even if you know if it wasn't exactly them making that catch your attention in the moment 
Yeah. You know, sometimes the, the, these signs are, are very subtle. You know, they don't like hit you over the head like a hammer that, you know, but it could be whoever was connected to the 1111 gave you a little nudge, you know, to look at a clock at that, at that moment. So I guess the best thing to do is when that happens, um, pay attention for the rest of the day yeah. to see if you get anything else that might let you understand who was sending it, you know, because chances are if they gave you that nudge, they're going to give you another one in some form, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, I usually get nudges from both of them. Now what I do is I kiss my two fingers and put them up in the air and say, thanks, Dad, thanks, Grandma, and thanks yeah. to my friend Ellen. <laughs> Just like, That's Absolutely, and, and as I mentioned earlier, keeping a signed journal to write these things down when they happen, uh, over time you can you can develop a pattern where maybe – it'll become more apparent who it's from. I think I've told this on the air before, but one day I was driving, I had been gifted Tom's dad's old Cadillac after he passed, and I had an appointment that I had to be at at uh, 1130, and I'm driving to it, and all of a sudden I noticed that the digital clock on the dashboard has not moved from the numbers 1111. And even though at that point I was running late, I pulled over to the side of the road, I started texting Tom, calling my children, <laughs> and just say, is something going on <laughs> with any of you? Because the clock has not changed from 11-11. And uh, everyone in the family knew <laughs> knew why I, that, that was significant to me. And nothing unusual happened after that. I, I continued on after my appointment, got back in the car, and the numbers were fine. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was just... You know, a little hello. It was a big hello for me. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lisa, <laughs> yeah. for calling. Appreciate it. And thanks well, for thank sharing. You. Thanks, right. Lisa. Thank you. Take care. Um, you know, um, we kind of, you know, we went off, you know, on the calls and we began the show by talking about that docuseries, but I just wanted to run something else by you guys. Um, as I know, I know, in every one of the six episodes, it, uh, it always centers around um, um, an animal species. You know, I mean, there were, there were lions or, or penguins or, um, you know, uh, apes and, you know, and so forth. Um, and throughout the whole thing, it, it just, in a way it made, I mean, they're talking about how beautiful everything, but in a way it made me sad because their whole lives um, a lot of these, you know, animals are spent hunting and finding food. Um, and, and the journey to get the food is fraught with danger. And, you know, a lot of them don't make it. One of the episodes they showed this, these, um, these green sea turtles, you know, when they hatch, there's usually a hundred eggs. And if they're lucky, one out of the hundred survives. The other 99 get eaten by the birds or the, the sharks that are hanging, you know, by the, the thing. And, 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 and they, you know, that one may survive and then they go out a thousand miles into the ocean and then they return, lay more eggs and it just keeps going and going and going. Their whole lives are filled, you know, with danger, you know, and, and that, you know, as humans, I mean, we don't have that. We have, we have supermarkets and we have restaurants and we're not always hunting for food, but we have, we have other perils that we're, we're, we're constantly, um, um, you know, in, in, in danger of succumbing to. 
So maybe um, for, um, you know, these animals, a lot of people ask, like, what animals go into the afterlife? You know, I mean, do insects go? I mean, we know dogs and cats go because we mediums constantly report, you know, pets in, in the afterlife. But and I was thinking, so what's the what's the determining factor, you know, of, of who goes? And I think that it's animals that exhibit um, empathy or show grief or have compassion. They go to the afterlife, you know, because, you know, as we know, I mean, the dolphins, elephants, apes, a lot of them that was in there, they they all exhibit these things. You know, so maybe a simple animal or an insect that doesn't show those things don't go. What What are you thinking about that theory, guys? <laughs> well, we don't, and we don't even know if that's true. They just aren't coming through to us, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, you mean they still could be going there, but they're yeah. not. There's no way of them communicating. Yeah, with I, them. I, I'm more of the feeling that every living thing has a, a an energy you know you're, you're and and when you're even if it's a plant uh or an insect that when they s- cease to live on the in this plane their energy is released into the become the flow of the the universe energy where we're Bob, you alluded to it earlier when you were talking about this uh, series and and the and the Big Bang that it, we all came from the same energy, and we go back to the same energy. So we we are all going to go, you know, the plants and and flowers and bees and all will their energy will become part of the flow of energy of the universe and and they will feel the love of the universe as well and and it's creatures like us and animals as you say that 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 feel empathy and feel love that they have a, another a, a higher understanding and not only an understanding but you know an ability to then turn around and send messages back but I, I do think that every living creature is a part of the afterlife when they they leave. Okay. Yeah. What about yeah. that fly that didn't want to leave our kitchen today? Is it? He's outside now. <laughs> we might Who? hear from him. <laughs> I, I caught him and released him. Who is that? A fly. <laughs> oh, <a> fly. <laughs> I always wonder why are they? Why are you still hanging around? Why don't you go outside when we open the door for you? Because <laughs> there's food in here. Yeah. You know, I was thinking when we were just talking about 11-11, you know, when, if I go before you, Tom, just to mess with you, I'm going to start sending you 12-12s like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it down. But, but oh. you're going to but you're gonna oh. know it's me. <laughs> yes. Now that you've told me, I'm going to go, ah, it's Bob. <laughs> Especially right. if it's messing I, with me. Then I, I'll told you, I told you my sign in advance. <laughs> now, the question is, will I remember? I recall when my mom, you know, was, we would have open conversations about when, you know, she, that she was getting close to passing and 
what life was going to be like and question what kind of sign would she show me. And every time I wanted to try say, well, I think my sign for you, she goes, no, 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 no. I'm coming up with my own sign. Don't you tell me what my sign is going right. to be. So it's, you know, we can't, we can't impose that on, on somebody else. But if you're naming 1212, that's a whole Yeah, yeah write it down. <laughs> I, um, we don't have a lot of time, but there were some people that sent in questions. Um, one of them, and this, people have asked this before. Um, the question was, why do mediums charge so much money? Um, it's true. You know, a lot of them do charge um what might be considered a, an exorbitant amount of money. But you know that I, I've had personal conversations with, with mediums, actually one I had yesterday, and some of the mediums, they they struggled to pay their bills. You know, I mean, one medium couldn't get adequate health insurance. You know, uh, another medium um, was having trouble, you know, like, you know, pay, paying her rent. So, you know, we have this perception that mediums are raking it in, and some do, but most of them really do the work for the right reasons and they're not um, making a, tr- a tremendous amount of money. I think you're right about that, Bob, because, I mean, even if, you know, you hear the a price per session, there's only so many sessions they can energetically do in a day. It's so draining. Yeah, and most of them, they don't have full-time jobs other than the mediumship, you know. Right. So even if you, like you say, most of it is draining. So, I mean, do the math. If you mm-hmm. were charging, let's say you were charging $300 for a reading um, and you did, um, you know, one reading a day, you know, on what's a five-day week, I mean, that's $1,500. But it's not a fortune, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you have, you have a house and you have bills and so forth. So, you know, I think where the mediums make a lot of money is when they start doing uh, these big events and, you know, and then that we're writing books or the big appearances. And then, then we're talking about some serious money, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, I always uh, equate it. Um, I mean, I saw it with my own mom and I've seen it plenty of times at the grief retreats that, uh, my mom, when my dad passed, and my mom uh, and dad were together sixty years, and uh, and when he passed, uh, understandably for the next year, she didn't want to know about anything. She didn't want to see her friends. She didn't want anything. And we took her to a Forever Family Foundation Night of Mediums, and she got a reading that was so evidential and so couldn't be explained any other way. That the very next day she woke up and she was ready to to live to live her life until she could be with my dad again. And I thought to myself, you know, if we had sent her to a therapist, a psychologist, psychiatrist, and she would be going every week and shelling out a lot more money, and I don't think she. I don't she she could, would never get the same result that she would just leave the office and say, okay, I'm better. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, there's a value to a great reading. I mean, there's, there's a horrible uh, situation when the, the medium's not good, 
they can do more damage, I think. But when you get a really good medium who, you know, my brother is a doctor. He's a PhD and an MD. He's a neurologist. And he thought this was all bunk. And we uh, had, he was over at the house and we showed him a video that uh, we had had of a reading that my mom had had. And it was an hour long reading. And uh, as a scientist, he, at the end of the reading, he just looked and he goes, really, there's no other explanation to this. That oh, good for you, this. Tom. You, you, uh, you made another, uh, you made another convert, you know, <laughs> with that. No, but you're right. Um, I think that, um, I mean, just on that on that subject of you know of money, uh, the only thing that I'll say about the mediums that do charge a tremendous amount of money, and and I understand that they're entitled to charge what the whatever they want. I mean, it's, but they always have to bear in mind the the um, the fragile state you know that people are in and how desperate they are, mm-hmm. and. If you are, if the medium is really good and you have this opportunity that, you know, to connect with your loved one, you'll pay anything. You'll pay money that you don't have, you, you know, for that, for that chance. And so, and I'm not talking about, you know, whether it's 300, but about 400 or 200, but when it really gets up there, it's a little bit of iffy, you know, because you don't want people in grief, um, spending money that they really need to, you know, to pay bills, on, you know, on that. But I remember being, you know, have those same feelings being in a position where, um, you know, if I, if I thought I was guaranteed a connection, you know, with my loved one and the medium said to charge him 10,000, I would have paid 10,000. I mean, because, you know, it's like Tom mentioned, I mean, you can have a, that's a life changing experience that you could have, you know. Like his um, mom, you're right. It yeah. just it gives gives you li- your life back again in a way. Yeah. Um, I guess let's continue reading Claude's Global Peace Prayer because, uh, and that now that Claude is on the other side, I think it's only fitting. Um, let us, as one consciousness. Give our energy of loving thought by praying like this, to love one another, to treat others as we would like to be treated, to forgive others and return love for hate, kindness for anger, to spread this feeling to everyone, to our fellow man, as well as the earth and its environment. And I'd like to say our loved ones are only a heartbeat away. And science is going to prove it. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next show. Hope everybody um, has uh, a good and peaceful uh, holiday. But uh, we will, we probably won't see you on the gathering until after the holidays. So uh, True. <laughs> be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Good night.